0: Alright, we're going to grab two scriptures. We're going to be turning to some scriptures this morning. So take your Bibles an easy one. Last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 3. Grab Revelation chapter 3 and then also grab 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Revelation chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I am thankful that you are here this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you came out to church but from time to time, we have to ask ourselves and we have to make sure that we don't lose sight of what we're doing here, or why we come to church, or what it's about. Why are we here? You know, the, the coming to church part of the Christian life is not the total of our Christian life by any means. It's not that at all. The church and its purpose is more than just our meeting together here at a scheduled time. Amen. Now, that is an important part of it. That is a great big uh, uh, part of our of our walk with Christ and our growth and our being built up in Christ. Uh, it is a big benefit uh, to us in our walk with Christ and our relationship with Christ. But uh, as we meet together as a church... And as we live our lives in this world as Christians, our priority is to bring and give glory to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31 whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. As we look at the church (laughs) <laughs> and what it is to Christ, um, and what it is to us and for us, the church is the body of Christ. The church is, in the Scripture, the bride of Christ. Amen. And so you're, you have your Bibles to the First Corinthians chapter 12, Talking about those that have accepted the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, been saved, born again, sealed with the Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Gentiles whether it be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And then if you skip down to verse 27, the Bible says, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. The Bible tells us that we are the body of Christ. We are uh, uh, God's body. As we accept Christ, He baptizes us in there, each member having its different uh, abilities and talents to edify the body of Christ. But there's a purpose for our coming together. In Ephesians, He talks about us being the bride of Christ. He says in Ephesians 5.27 that He might present it to Himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He says in that same passage in Ephesians chapter 5 where he talks about being a glorious church, he talks about Christ as being the head of the church and the church being subject to Christ. And you say, why is that? That Christ is the head of the church and that we are subject to Christ? It's because He loved the church. And it says in that passage that He gave Himself for it. That He purchased the church with His own blood. He purchased us as individuals, but collectively the church. He says in Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to get to Revelation 3 in just a second. But in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20, he says, Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and set him at the right hand in in the heavenly places. I'm talking about Christ far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in the world but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet. Talking about Christ and gave Him to be the head over over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fulfilleth all in all. I'm trying to make a point here before we get to Revelation chapter 3, but the whole reason for the church is, is... is that he has he started us, we're to bring glory and honor to him, and then he is going to send us into, the, into this world doing his work as he prepares us, as he builds us up as he, as he establishes us for our ministry for him. The church is important. Don't ever let anyone tell you that the church is not important. It is the bride and the body of Christ. Does the church have problems? Sure it does. course it does, but it is still the Lord's bride and He loves it. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, the Bible says, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, what? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is the great revelation? That Jesus Christ is the the Lord, that Jesus Christ is God. Upon this He's going to build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what pressures are coming against it, the church can still be a light standing on the truth (coughs) that Jesus Christ is the head and Jesus Christ gets the preeminence no matter what society, no matter what country, no matter what day and age it is, that's what the church does. Now, you're in Revelation chapter 3. He's writing this revelation uh, of Jesus Christ given to the church through John. He talks about the seven churches. We're going to take a look at the last church, which as we read this, it is, to me is evident that this is the church today in the United States. This church of Laodicea. He says in Revelation chapter 3 in verse 14, unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Look at this. I know thy works. You know the Lord knows what we're doing? I'm just saying, the Lord, the Lord. You say, what, what, what we do in church, uh, does it matter? Yeah, the Lord watch. The Lord knows what we're doing. Just kind of give a little summary of what maybe the Lord's going to be doing through missions and through uh, what the Lord would allow us to do. You know, the Lord sees our works throughout the week. You say, what? Why do I, I thought we didn't focus on works here? We focused on grace. Yeah, we focus on the grace that God gives us that allows us the ability to work for Him. He said I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot I would I uh, I would that thou work cold or hot so then because thou art what Luke and neither cold or hot I will spew thee out of my mouth I, I I've got this I guess this the message this morning is probably pretty simple is, is in the sense that I just don't want us I just don't want myself to get lukewarm, and we can. We can. Can't we just become mediocre? Can't we just become, we can just get in and just kind of float along and, and just just get lukewarm? Isn't there just a tendency to us to not keep this urgency and be on fire for the Lord? I'm saying, what are we doing here as a church? And, and I don't, take this as that I feel like there's a problem here. I'm not angry or or think that we are lukewarm. I just, I want us to be on fire. I want to be on fire. I can't, you know, I I think lukewarm makes God sick. And truthfully, when I'm lukewarm, I make myself sick as a Christian. You know, when we're just lukewarm, when we just do what, what what we think we have to to get by or we don't even think about what we have to do. We're not. There's not a fire in a relationship, and we're not. We're not in love with the Lord. I mean, is it strange for us to start talking about how much we love the Lord, and our love for the Lord? It's growing, and our faith. It's growing. I'm talking about. Have you ever met? I, I mean, you meet Christians, and and you meet them, and some some it's like they don't care, and some some they're just on fire. They're just on fire for the Lord. And you say, they say a lot of dumb things and they make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, but they are just on fire. They're enjoying their Christian life. And God will look past, listen, God will look past a lot of the dumb things we do if we're just in love with Him. If we're just in love with Him, having a passion for Him. He says, I would that thou were cold or hot because thou art lukewarm I, I, he said I, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest, this is why we're lukewarm because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. What a huge mistake. Yeah. You know when we get lukewarm you know when we get lukewarm is when we think we don't need the Lord. When we don't realize how much we need Him all the time. I love that song that we sing here, Lord, I need You. It just is, It's from the heart saying, Lord, I need You all the time. Lord, I need You every hour. I need You every day. is that passion of that relationship with Him. You know, as Americans, the one thing that we're going to have to overcome is our blessing. I'm just telling you, We are going to have to overcome our blessings to be passionate about the Lord. So many times folks think, and I don't know, you know, it's different for everybody, but some folks think, if I was blessed financially, then I would give more, then I would do more, I'd have more time to serve the Lord. I don't know that that's true. I don't know that that's true. We might think that in our mind, that if I had more, then I would have more time, that I'd have more ability, that I'd have... I don't know that that's true. I think maybe the more that we have, the more that we have to give up to serve the Lord, the more that we have to put aside to put Him first. I'm not making apologies for our wealth as Americans. I'm not doing that. Don't misunderstand me. God's given us great blessing, and we ought to thank Him for it, praise Him for it all the freedoms that we have. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying, don't let the comforts of this life, don't let the pleasures of this life, don't let the, the entertainment that is just, just so easy for us to have and the... And, 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 and the we're not desperate. We're, we just don't. We're not desperate for our daily food. We're not desperate for a lot of things. So therefore, it's easy to not have to have this constant prayer life of saying, "God, I need you. I need you. I need you," which makes us passionate and on fire. Listen, we have the blessings, but don't allow that to make us lukewarm Christians. And certainly not a lukewarm church. You say, "What's it mean to be on fire?" It's going to be different for each person. You say, "Is that just a a, a woo, a, a yippee doo?" You know, just a, a, all excited on Sunday morning. No, I'm talking about a, a fire that deep burns deep down inside, that carries us all week long, that we're seeking the Lord in prayer, that we're hunger and thirst and after His Word, that we're we're. It's, 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 it's an overflow that's causing us to bubble over into our daily witness to our people. I'm talking about, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a church that's on fire for the Lord. On fire. That things are happening. You know, you read the book of Acts. Now that was a special time in the church as it's it's being born. But listen, we're in a special time here in the church. We're being born. We're being started. We're being established. Listen, we can see miracles every day. We can see God doing things in people's lives and people coming to know Christ and just seeing God answer prayers. Just make us passionate about the Lord. He says, uh, says, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have... Have a need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and <clears throat> naked. In other words, we have all these things. We have all the, we have a building, we have all the, the heat and the, and the air conditioning and all the things, you know. Uh, well, we don't, but. <laughs> <laughs> Some churches do. And running water and switches. I mean, there's churches out there that have this stuff. I'm telling you. It's amazing. I've been to them. Flushing toilets, all kinds of stuff. But we have all these things. We have all these things available. And therefore, we, we don't trust in the Lord. But, but in spiritually, we're, we're, spiritually, we're just poor. Spiritually, it's been a long time since we've seen a move of God. Where we've seen our lives just changing by the glory of God and the power of God. And Him giving victories in our life. And we're and seeing folks come to know Christ. He says, he says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold, try in the fire. In other words, I counsel you know, set aside some of the pleasures of this world to seek after the Lord. To go after God, to pursue Him with all your, you know, pursue Him with all your might, with all your soul, with all your strength. He said, "I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyes, have that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten." Be zealous, therefore, and repent. <coughs> that Be zealous, that's a church that's on fire. A zealous church. You know, this is a church that just believes that God can do anything. Right, I, mean. I mean, just a church that, you know... We, we're talking about building a new church. We're talking about merging two churches. We're talking about doing a lot of things that a lot of people in church work say, be careful, you know. I would think twice before, you know, <laughs> entering into a building program. And entering into a building program while trying to merge a church, that's crazy, right? Maybe it is. But we have to be some people that just say, we believe God, Right? We believe God can do anything. God can do great things. God can do whatever He wants and just trust in Him. He says, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will... I will come in unto him, and will sup with him, and him with me. This is about the most amazing verse. Every time I read this, I think of this. The church, I just read what it is. It's the body and the bride of Christ. It's, he established it. It was his idea. He purchased it. He started it. He built it on his name, right? And somehow we get to a place where he's an outsider. He's outside knocking it they're having church without him. It's almost like they said, we can do this whole thing without you. We can get by. We can have Sunday after Sunday. We can make the bills. We can pay for the lights. We can do things. We can have fun. We can enjoy it. We can have good music. We can have good fellowship. We can do all this stuff. People can get along. We can network. We can do all kinds of stuff without the Lord. He's outside knocking, but he's so graciously saying this. It wasn't. It's not even that he put a lot of demands on us to come in and fellowship with us. All he says, "If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in." He didn't. He didn't. He didn't put this long list of stuff that we got to do. He doesn't put this long list of stuff that we have to have to have fellowship with the world. You know what he says? If you'll listen for me, if you'll have an ear to hear. And you will open the door. I'm talking about having church where we are saying, Lord, please show up. Lord, please come. Lord, please meet with us on a, on, a, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis in my life. It's a prayer in the morning before we head off into our busy day I say, Lord, meet with me today. Lord, be with me today. I believe that works. I believe that will build up the... the uh, the fire that we have we don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. We don't. We don't want to be a lukewarm church. It it, it gets to the point of what's the use? That's right. What is the use? Why would we put all the energy to come out here and to, to pay for the lights or the generator gas? <laughs> why would we do why would we do all that? Why would we do all that if we're just lukewarm? And if He's not even coming in, if we're not even inviting Him in, if we're not even asking Him to come and meet with us, what what would be the point? But if He comes and meets with us, man, nothing else matters. Everything else, who, who cares what else happens? If He comes and He fires us up and He stirs us up, and there's a passion that moves inside of us as Christians and as a church... I thought of uh, just, you know, Hezekiah and he, in Isaiah chapter 38. He says this in verse 20. The Lord was ready to save me, Hezekiah said. Therefore, I will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of my life in the house of the Lord. Hezekiah, after being delivered from the Assyrians. Hezekiah, after being delivered from his sickness, he says, "He says praise the Lord, he says, for the rest of my life, for the rest of my life, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord and sing His praises. To come to church, to come to church, just to sing praises to the Lord, having a purpose in our heart to say, I'm singing songs to Him, I'm putting my attention <coughs> on Him. In Psalm 27, Verse 4 it says, One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Coming coming to church saying, I'm seeking after the Lord's beauty. I want to see the Lord today. I have questions. I'm seeking after him. I would like to inquire of the Lord. I'd like to hear from him. I have a ear to hear. As we talk about a church that's going to be a glorious church, a godly church, it's going to be a church that's on fire. Listen, that is excited about Christ. You say, what's going on in church? What are you excited about? Christ?" What are we excited about? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're excited about. That's, God, what we're, that's what we're passionate about. That's what we're happy about. And then as we put our, as we put our focus on Him, and as He begins to, to change us and work in our lives, we become a church that is, that is passionate about leading other people to Christ. We, we become, you say, why, why do we get involved in missions? Because we're passionate about leading other people to Christ. You say, well, there's so many people around here to lead to Christ. Why are we trying to lead people to Christ in India? Why are we trying to lead people to Christ in Mexico? Why are we trying? You know, one thing I think I've noticed in India is they don't have to overcome the wealth problem that we do. And it's just people are open to hear the Gospel. It seems a whole lot easier. A lot less, a lot less arrogance <coughs> that we have to cut through is preaching the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible does say, He that winneth souls is wise. We are passionate about leading Christ. He says, uh, lift up your eyes into the field for they're ready to harvest. The Bible also says that the laborers are few that are willing to go into the Lord's harvest but little as much when God is in it. Right, you say little as much when God is in it. Hey, you said I wouldn't I wouldn't say hey but we're so small we can't make an impact on the world. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. You say why because we're so special no because of Jesus Christ. Right, because of the Lord, he has called us to be fishers of men. He has called us to sow seeds. We should be a, a church that is looking for open doors. <laughs> Praying for open doors. Praying for open doors to see the lost come to know Christ. I'm talking about a church, and I hope you can get my vision here. (laughs) I'm talking about a church that we get fired up and, and passionate about the Lord so much that each individual, when we leave here, each individual, every individual is going out into the world with a flame lamp. Ready to be a light in their place. I'm telling you, there are so, every person here represents people that that will never come to this church. That, that'll, that only you can reach. That only you can preach the Gospel to and tell them. And you say, we're trying to win everybody at once? No, just one at a time. Just one at a time. That co-worker, that family member, that neighbor. Whenever the door opens, we're seeking an open door. With boldness, we're going to walk through it. I'm talking about really really taking it upon ourselves that when he says, go ye in all the world and preach the gospel, that we think that he's talking to us. That we feel like that, hey, this is, this is something that it's not just to his disciples, but it's the disciples of Christ down through the ages, that the Lord has a heart for the world and for the lost that are in it. Clearly, and this is taking longer than what I thought. We we're only on the take. Turn to Second Timothy. This may turn into a two two week thing. Second Timothy chapter four. Yeah, Second Timothy chapter Second Timothy chapter four. He says in chapter four and verse one, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, it is appearing, and in His kingdom, preach the word. You say, what are we going to tell people? The Word of God, the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Preach the Word, tell the Word, preach the Word, be instant in season, out of season. You say, be ready for it. We're soldiers, we're prepared for it. We're, we're, we're looking for it. He says, reprove, rebu- rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Then in verse 5, he says, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Then he says this, do the work of an evangelist. You say, what's an evangelist? Someone that preaches the gospel to the lost. Someone that goes to the lost. That I mean, it's not necessarily preaching the gospel at church. Most folks here, everyone here professes to be saved, to be born again. It's going out to where the lost are and telling them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> it's doing the work. 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 He said, I know thy what? Work's. Are we going out? Are we being a light? A church that's on fire. Praying. You know what? The last point I'm going to hurry here is that we're to be edifying the church, building up the church. In other words, as a church that's on fire, a church that's passionate about the Lord, that you help, this is simple, that you help your brothers and sisters out. You help them out. You say, what do you mean? We build them up. We build them up. We say we're building a church. We're not necessarily talking about a building. We're building a church. That means that we're going to invest in other people's lives. That we have some talents and abilities that God's given us. That we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters. We're going to encourage our brothers and sisters. There's enough out there to hinder us. There's enough out there to discourage us. Don't be that person. Say, I'm going to be the one that's going to help build up. I'm going to be the one that's going to pour into somebody else's life and encourage them. You say, what kind of church are we building here? What kind of church are we building? Are we building a big, big church? I have no idea. It's God that adds to the church, and I don't think the size of the church matters one bit to the Lord. I don't think it matters one bit. What matters is that is it is a church that is focused on Him that is giving Him the preeminence, that is a church that's on fire for Him. It's a church that... Listen, if we want to be a church that sees folks come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior on a regular basis, and that's what we want, we also have to be a church that's willing to disciple. That means that when someone comes to know Christ that we come alongside them and we help them and encourage them. You say, disciple, what's disciple mean? Does that mean that we try and make them be like us? No. We don't have to tell them to be like us. We try and lead them to be like Christ. and show them Christ. What kind of church are we building? We're building a church that's on fire for the Lord, a godly church, one that wants to give Him glory, worship Him, humble ourselves before Him, one that's willing to roll up our sleeves and do the work of an evangelist. One that's willing to say, listen, I'm called. I'm called. It's not... When we say, Who's, whose job is it to, to preach the gospel? What's the church's job. Who's the church? That's us. That's us. The church is the lighthouse, sure, but we're the lights in the lighthouse that are going to preach the gospel. Would you, would you say... I'm, I, me personally, you, you personally, I'm making a decision, I'm going to be a blessing to the church. I, you know, me, I'm, going to, I'm going to add to the church. By my, by my being there, it's going to be an addition in the sense of, I'm going to build it up. Whatever God talent God's given me, whatever ability God's given me, I'm going to use that to edify, help, build somebody else, put in somebody else's life, be an encouragement to that Christian and that individual. Listen, the point of this message is let's not be lukewarm, whatever we be. You say, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. But let's not make the mistake of just getting comfortable. Let's not make that mistake. Let's not make the mistake of just saying we're just going to cruise on and and just just get in a groove and and find our little thing and then just have a passion for the Lord. And that passion for the Lord is going to come from a daily... Fe- this is not something that I'm... This is, listen, if you think I'm going to drum this up every Sunday, that's not what it's about. It's not me, you coming in here, and, and, and us trying to get excited every Sunday. That's not what a fired-up church is. A fired-up church is people that come in fired-up because they've been serving the Lord, fellowshiping with the Lord all week, witnessing just form their lives into Christian ministry and evangelism, and they come in here, and you are the one that fires up the church. Each of us, as individuals, come in fired up, serving the Lord, seeking the Lord, hearing from the Lord. We're just going to have a time of prayer. And listen, all of us, we need to pray and say, Lord, I don't want to be lukewarm. Lord, I want to be giving you glory in my life. Lord, I want to do the work of an evangelist. Lord, I want to add to the church. I want to build up the church. I want to help the church. Every head bowed, eye closed as we pray. You talk to the Lord. He says, "He says, repent. Be be zealous. There would be a time in your life when you said, I remember when I was hot, when I was on fire, but now I've lost it. Lord, give me that zeal back. Lord, whatever it takes, if it takes me getting in the Word on a daily basis, if it takes me... Uh, setting time apart, if it takes me just having time to meditate or worship, or listen to music, whatever it is that it takes to say, Lord, I want to draw close to You. I want to fellowship with You. Lord, I want You to use me in my life. Each person praying. Let's talk to the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we come before You, and Lord, we're asking You now, Lord, to come in. Lord, to come into our lives, to come into our church, come into our homes. Lord, come into our workplaces, come into our lives. And Lord, if it's Your will, just, just change us, make us into your, mold us into Your image. Lord, we don't want You outside anything in our life and in our church. Lord, I pray that You would stir us up as believers, as Christians, to serve You, to live for You. Lord, that You'd stir us up to to be a light in this world. Lord, that You'd stir us up to build up the church, to help other believers and other Christians. God, I pray that as a result of this message, Lord, that You would would stir inside of us a flame, fan the flames, Lord, and, 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 and just get us passionate. Lord, help us to turn from the things of this world and repent for maybe our love toward this world. And anything that has taken our love from You, God, please help us as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.